This episode of the Bi-Weekly Bitches comes with a content warning. In this episode, we discuss the very heavy subject matter of drug and alcohol addiction and all that goes along with it. We also touch on medical-assisted suicide and suicide itself. Please listen with caution. Let's get down and touch the ground. Weekly bitches episode two. I'm gonna go off on a tangent right now. Okay. Here we go. Okay, blah, 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 blah. It's the bi-weekly, the bi-weekly bitches, the bi-weekly bitches. Things are about to get bitchy. Oh Tina, I love you so much. <laughs> Dude, I love you so much. Thank you so much for holding space tonight. Yeah, I'm here to listen. You have something to bring to the table, and I'm super excited to listen to it and respond when appropriate. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Fair warning. I might come off a bit as a bitch, but yeah, it's just super personal personal to me right now. So this last weekend was Easter, and we got some really, really sad news that friends of ours grow old homies their little brother overdosed mm. and he didn't make it and oh man just um really really it shook us man and it's still like uh in our throat holes it's yeah it's just crazy but um was he alone not sure even on the details no yeah i talked to two of his brothers but i didn't ask details yeah yeah wild you know I had said to Jeff I'm like man we got a text our homies and he was like oh and I'm like fuck dude like don't be a weirdo man yeah. these are our people like shit and so anyways yeah I messaged them and why it has shaken us to the core is because addictions man it's like it's everywhere we've suffered with addictions personally both sides of our families like there's addictions on both sides of our family friends and clients like my whole entire client like every client I have has someone in their family that's suffering with addictions Mm -hmm. it's like fucking hardcore shit and so I'm just so fucking pissed off that it seems to me like the whole overdose crisis everything is just getting swept under the rug and I just actually am fucking really scared and super concerned for what's coming, mm-hmm. you know? There's just a lot of shit energy. And yeah, trips, it just sucks because again, I totally get why people are overdosing. I totally understand the whole addiction process. A lot of times just escaping that, re- escaping reality that we're in. And right now, a lot of people like, it's fucking hard times, man. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want to escape? So anyways, this is such a huge issue that has such a strong stigma behind it that I feel like, again, solutions. I'm always thinking, okay, how can we help this? Yeah, we can all bitch about this. What are some solutions? And so I've been sitting on it for days. I'm thinking the only hope in hell, I think, when it comes to addictions is breaking the stigma around Mm -hmm. them because what stands with addictions is like mental health shit and yeah they yeah they're hand in hand they Mm -hmm. totally go hand in hand i think that we are in this incredible time you're right people it was only supposed to be two weeks right yeah and people are have been pushing through pushing through we're we've come up to a year now 
where we've been handling things and nobody's handling things quite how they used to be. And there's a lot of people who are relapsing. There are people who are trying drugs for the first time, you know, simply to be able to get through this next part. And you're right, a, a key component is escapism. And the other component, like you said, is mental health. Currently, you know, you hear people, you know, this Bell Talks Canada and end the stigma around mental health. But how do you end the stigma around mental health if a key part of it, addiction, is hush-hush? Exactly. No one wants to talk about it. And I just don't get it because it's all so relatable. (laughs) So relatable. Everybody, like, it's just so crazy to me, you know. 20 years I've been in the service industry and anytime I talk about addictions I did a poll mm-hmm. back in the Rock Bear days when we were on social media an Instagram poll and it was like does anyone in your immediate family suffer with addictions like you know your parents mm-hmm. kind of thing blah 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 mm-hmm. blah it was 97% yes yeah 97% and it was like dudes we have to fucking start talking about this so people aren't feeling shameful for looking for support I know because that is so key. It's like, so if someone's like fucking tripping balls or super down and out, drinking their faces off, there's so much shame about addictions that people are almost embarrassed to like be like, you know what? I think I have a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. It's hard to admit you have a problem. Right? It's hard to admit you have a problem when you think everyone's going to judge you for that problem. Exactly. Even more so. Exactly. And that's why I think, call me crazy, but I feel like if we can somehow break the stigmas and kind of start like rewiring everyone mm-hmm. not to be judgmental fucking idiots that we could have some hope here because man like again addictions and mental health go hand in hand and we just need the support you know mm-hmm. i don't know like again we have to like again we have to really start thinking about what we can do and how we can fucking honest to god like save people's lives man like it's mm-hmm. We need to figure out a way, and I think that would help. Is this, yeah? I think it just involves more people talking about it. Right now, you know, there's been this huge movement to normalize mental health, talking about mental health, and it's very, it's very common now to hear people say, "I am not my anxiety. I'm not my depression. Yeah. I'm not my, you know, schizophrenia yeah. or my paranoia." And that's awesome. I agree with that 100 percent. The problem is, is that people, when they, people say, you know, I am not my drug addiction. I'm not my alcohol addiction, Yeah. you know, and other people will look at you and be like, well, you're making those choices, right? Like when it comes to anxiety and depression and, and, you know, schizophrenia or bipolar or anything like that, you know, people are like, well, it's out of your control. Yeah. But when it comes to drugs and alcohol, people want you to take responsibility, yeah. not taking into consideration that we don't all have the same tools in our toolkit to yeah. cope with our mental health disorders. And because we don't, because normalizing mental health is still a relatively new concept, it is, it's very new. It's only until this generation where it's like our generation where we're teaching our kids. Yeah. You know, this is this is the first generation that's growing up, you know, normalizing mental health, normalizing self-care, normalizing getting help, seeing counselors, right? Yeah. Before it was taboo. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as we evolve, you know, normalizing addictions and getting help for addictions will become 
more common, right? But you're, you're very bang on, like it's, they do go hand in hand. And, you know, because we're not all equipped with the same tools in the toolbox to get through and deal with our mental health, you know, a lot of us want to just escape it. And now we have the pressure of this pandemic. Oh yeah, it's just a recipe for disaster. So even the toolboxes that some people did have are depleted. Exactly. You know, patience is depleted, strength is depleted. And you know, we're, we're reaching the point, which is really scary. We're reaching the point where people are saying, what's the fucking point? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you know what's so fucking crazy to me that you say that is I was talking to buddies of mine today one of my buddies, she says to me, she told me that she has been suffering with depression Mm -hmm. and she never reached out to me when she was in the pits of hell, which is totally cool. Again, I had go out when I'm in the pits. Sometimes I need to fucking go in that pit by myself. I get Mm it. Solitude in the pit. Right. Solitude in the pit. And so she says to me that she was depressed. And when she was, she even got to the point when she was waking up, like before when she'd wake up and she'd be like, you know, what's the fucking point? Like getting to that breaking point. And so I was like, oh God, again, you just, it sucks. You know, everyone's tripping out right now and there's just, it's very heavy times. And so what is so crazy too, when we're talking about stigmas is she started microdosing mushrooms Mm -hmm. and she told me that she's been doing it for three weeks and she feels super even kill and like she just feels really connected and present and um she definitely doesn't like she doesn't feel high or anything like that but she her and her husband yeah they're microdosing mushrooms and it's working great for them and i've been hearing that more often Mm -hmm. what really again kind of sucks about it is here's like something that say mushrooms it's here, it's on earth, but there's such a freaking stigma around it that like even something that's helping people because of all these stigmas with addictions and drugs and all this stuff, that's shamed on too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's shame all over the place. Mm-hmm. And right now, even when it comes to like addictions with like hard drugs, this and that, what a lot of people are forgetting, it's not just crack or heroin or blah, blah, blah. A lot of this stuff is stemming from op- the opioid crisis. Yeah. And it's fucking crazy. Like, I'm talking, like, people that you would never expect that are addicted. People that smoke weed or, say, are microdosing, they're doing great. And they're not using prescription drugs with crazy side effects. Mm-hmm. But now we're, we live in a society where if you're doing that, you're still shamed. Like, you can't even fucking win. No. I'm like, wow. But if you're on antidepressants or whatever... That's, there's not as much shame. I don't know. There is, though. There is. There's shame all over the fucking place, and there I hate is. it. I hate it. Don't shame on me. Shame is the shit. I just, I can't stand it. I think that the thing is, is people are quick to judge what they don't know. Yeah. And we live in these small communities, and we hear it a lot. We hear a lot of people talking about you know, these drug addicts leaving their needles around or these drug addicts needing a halfway house or, you know, people with these addictions wanting a needle exchange. And, you know, a lot of people shit on these ideas, but the people behind these ideas are people who are trying to help and resolve the problems. So people will say, we need these drug addicts, we need these junkies out of our community. What they fail to take into consideration is that 
these are members of our community. Exactly. Like you said, opiates, the opiate crisis, that did not stem from street drugs. That stemmed from medically prescribed drugs. Fentanyl, which everybody's heard about now, came from the hospitals. It was used as a pain management med. I know. And now it's hit the streets and people are dying because it's, you know, in their drugs and they're not, you know, the dosage is too high and whatnot. And the scary part is we all know an addict. Everybody knows an addict. And when you say, get these drug addicts out of this town, they don't belong here. You're saying, get my coworker out of town, they don't belong here. Get my brother out of here, exactly. they don't belong here. They, they believe that they're untouchable. But we all know people who are struggling with drug addiction, whether they're verbal about it or not, whether they vocalize it or not. And if you're putting that out into the world, if you're saying, I don't want these junkies in my town, what message are you sending to the people that you know that have drug addiction? That you consider them junkies and that they don't, they're not a part of your community. Well, I got news for you. Even the most degenerate person in your eyes is part of your community. If they live in your community and you can't just, where are you going to put them? Mars? The moon? First people to the moon? Like you can't just ship them off somewhere else. They tried that. I'm telling you, man, addictions, it's just, and it's everywhere. Oh yeah. It's pervasive within our culture. Oh, man. Because our culture is so hard to live in. Man. It's set up for failure. I, but, man, here's my biggest, like, hey, and when I get all psycho, even about the stigma shit with, like, say, weed or mushrooms or something, the reason why I get so pissed off is I'll be like, man, I don't get it. It's helping so many people. And if we think we're so smart as humans, why the fuck did we just legalize it only two and a half years ago? Totally. It's helping so many people and animals. Like, I can't tell you how many of my clients, like, animals are on CBD. And it's, like, game changers. And I'm like, if we are so fucking smart as humans, how have we been not only so daft for all these years when it comes to cannabis and all the benefits, but distorting people's minds and putting stigmas around it. Like, Mm -hmm. people literally think, like, people smoking weed, like, that's just fucking crazy. People still think that. But they'll sit there and they'll drink a two six and be like, I'm a big man or I'm a big woman. It's like I mean, and that come really comes down to the social acceptability of alcoholism. Oh, it's so socially acceptable, it's sickening. Yeah. And that's why right now we're fucking in crazy times because people mm-hmm. like man, again, I have I quit drinking two and a half years ago. I've never wanted to drink more in my life than the last like four months, dude. Exactly. I've been like, every when I drive by the liquor store, I'm like, fuck, oh my God, I want to go in, mm-hmm. buy a bottle of wine and like pound it in my vehicle. Yeah. Like, again, lots of addictions I've gone through, but alcohol is at an all time high sales, record sales right now. Oh yeah. And they, yeah, and they're not. And I'm sure the the legalized, you know, the cannabis shops, I'm sure they're seeing astronomical numbers oh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just so grateful that at least, like, can you imagine? You know, there's people still... going in and dropping $300 on edibles for their <laughs> partner's Easter basket. <laughs> oh, Tina, you're the best. Me. Tina, you're it the was best. Me. In my defense, I had no idea that oh. they were that expensive. You're so good. But think about it, like, man, think about this. Can you imagine the pandemic if all of us were tripping balls about, like, oh, you have weed and now you're going to jail? I'd be like, you know, fuck off. Leave me alone. Like, can you, that was, take me to jail. Dude, two and a half years ago. That is 
That's it has well, hardly I mean, yeah, been legal, dude. We've lived on this island, you know, for a while. We know that we're loosey goosey, right? But it's it's not like in 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 certain places, United States, where they have a you know an overrun amount of their prisons are these small drugs that they had because they had this war on drugs and they targeted you know marijuana usage and stuff it's just and it's so like fucking dumb dude what it's are just, you doing it makes me sick and so right now man something that i have to say and like man i've discussed this with so many people that i know and not all of them that even are microdosing but you know what i feel like honest to god dude i wish that we could just let go of shame around marijuana and mushrooms and the reason why i feel like the only hope in hell that the world has after this or during this right now is if worldwide everyone microdosed for two or three weeks i feel like it would just raise the vibration and it would just fucking people need it it's like the it's honestly it's the people's <laughs> medicine right now i feel like man we got to do something like people are losing their fucking minds yeah you know i understand the <laughs> i totally understand what you're saying and i also understand why people are are will listen to this and say, so your resolution for the <laughs> drug addiction is that's more what, drugs. I know, and that's why I'm like, son of a bitch, right? Because of the stigmas on both. It's contradictory, right? I but know. it's But honestly, you're right. Why are we judging either side of it? I'm not talking about like, oh, Tina, let's get an eight ball next time we do a podcast. It's like, no, man. Like, I'm talking about just weed and mushrooms. Get an eight ball. I'm like, I actually have a magic eight ball. We can ask it so many questions. I had one growing up, too. I love you so much. Oh, my God. But No, I know that. I know you're not being like, you know what will solve this problem? Cocaine. (laughs) I know that. But also the stigma on both sides right it's like people are not willing to talk about how low they are or if they're abusing drugs and alcohol they don't want to talk about it because they're embarrassed because of the shame because they cannot cope with what's happening in the world right now they can't cope with within their own their own heads they don't want people judging them people humans are a judgy Everyone group of people. Everyone has to stop judging because here is the fucking thing. I can't express to anyone listening to this. This dude that we fucking know who just overdosed, I'm telling you right now, he literally could have been any one of us. Like, I am fucking telling you, as soon as you think it couldn't be you or it couldn't be your kid, you have no fucking clue. It, that's what I don't understand about people. So we've talked about this before, not on podcasts, but mm-hmm. there are two types of people in this world. There are my backyard people that think about their own family unit and the people that they love and care about, and that's their backyard. And then there are the people who consider the world their backyard. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Yeah. So when I hear that your friend passed away from a drug addiction, that saddens me because I know how many people are affected by drug addiction. Exactly. But then there are those people that it's because they're not directly affected by something. Unfazed. Yeah. And super judgmental and like negative and like unwilling to be compassionate yeah. or empathetic about it. It costs zero amount of money. I know. To care. Man, dude, do you know what I told our homie last night? I was like, one of the one of the one things I said to him in the first or second whatever sentence is I just said, 
so relatable. It could have been any one of us. Could have been. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like fucking people need to hear that. And like, do you know how many people are getting fucking beat the shit up right now because their spouse or someone in their house is like a raging alcoholic or an addict Mm -hmm. right now? At this point in time, it's like, again, we are a year into this. People are fucking broke. There's just like so Mm -hmm. much to the story. So much stress is I know what happened to my vibe and my freaking energy the last 24 hours with some like not super psycho shit. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just like insurance and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I know what that did to me and like how like uh, I was. So again, I can only imagine, you know what, what I mean? What it's like for other people. Right? Mm-hmm. And again, I... Who don't have a stable place to live. Food on their table. A job that they're still doing. Exactly. And so I just think we all need to take this shit very seriously. Mm -hmm. What blows my mind is it's so relatable, but no one wants to relate. I know. I don't get it. Because it's just the underbelly of shame that's associated with it. I fucking hate it. I do too. Yeah, I just... And that's coming from somebody like, I don't drink... I've never drank. I've never done drugs. Yeah. And I'm coming from a place of total compassion. Yeah. Because I grew up in a household where, you know, there was drugs and alcohol. And I have people close to me that struggle with addiction. And just because I didn't choose that for my path, we're all a couple bad decisions away from, you know, doing harsh stuff. Tina, it's like this, man. Think about it. And you don't know what hand you're going to be dealt. So, like, say someone I know who's on the street suffering with addictions. His story is so heartbreaking that you're like, well, you know what? I get it. I totally understand because I have no fucking clue what I would have done if I were you. And I was abandoned over and over and over again. Like, you know... I know someone who's in such crazy foster care. Do you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. the worst shit you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And he's on the street and then you got people looking down on him. The one day I'll never like, man, brutal. It was on the corner by the lights. Mm -hmm. He was sitting on this park bench and he was burning his back. He was passed out and it was a sunny hot day. And like his back was like burning and people were walking by. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with everyone? So I just, you know, covered his his back, kind of opened his eyes. I'm like, dude, man, are you okay? Whatever. Do you want some water? And he was just having a bad freaking day for sure. And it's just crazy. This guy has been through hell and back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And everyone's just like, whatever. You're basically as good as dead it's sometimes. It's just fucked. I, there's a certain amount of classism that exists even within the most compassionate communities. And... We write off, and I'm using a collective we, not me and you. Yeah. We write off people that we feel are not up to the standard of what should be within our community, right? So homeless people, drug addicts, and we paint them with this undesirable brush. When at the root of these people is a story. Yes. And it's likely a story that would break your fucking heart if you stopped and asked a question but people don't want to know the heartbreaking story because then they'd have to care and if they fucking care then they'd have to do something about it yeah and it's easier to not care than to care it's easier even though i think earlier i said it costs nothing to care (laughs) (laughs) it costs nothing to care but that's the problem is people are afraid of caring man i think people are afraid of knowing Because damn, goddamn, they have to use their hearts. 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you think about the way society is structured, it's structured for us not to care. You know, we need to be in this rat race. We need to be yeah. doing what we're doing. We need to pay our bills. We need to go to work. We need to take care of our families. You know, they're not advocating for people to stop and ask a homeless person if they're okay or if they need a glass of water or build a community or build a community build a community it's like fucking the farthest thing and now again like i think too that's why so many people are suffering it's just again right now we're in the perfect storm for mental illness and addictions i think too while really keep feeling called to talk about it is just to let anyone know out there if you are struggling with addictions Dudes, welcome to the fucking club. Everyone struggles with addictions. Like You're not alone. You're definitely not alone. You're valid and you're worthy even though you have these addictions. In sports, they say that you are only as strong as your weakest player. And I believe that that applies to our communities. We are only as... We're only as strong as the weakest people within our community. I love and that. And if we don't take care of our weaker people, if we don't make sure that they're getting through then we're not strong. Yeah. We're failing. And the thing is, is I want everybody to make it through this. Yeah. I don't want to lose any more people. Yeah. I know a lot of people are probably thinking right now, like, well, you know, my brother or my sister or whoever in my family, they're an addict and I can't help them because I have to have my boundaries and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, definitely I am a strong believer in boundaries, healthy boundaries, absolutely. So I'm not sitting here also and just being like, you know, your brother who's an addict, he's going to come steal from you again and open your doors and all these things like, no, duh. Protect yourself. Protect yourself. Obviously, you still have to have compassion. It's like right mm-hmm. now, everyone's being tested. Nobody, I feel like if you just keep remind, if we keep reminding ourselves, this is what I remind myself almost every day where I'm like, the goal right now is to not fall for any divide. And literally, even when we are disagreeing with people, the ultimate test is having love, compassion, and mm-hmm. understanding to everyone. We disagree. Right? And it's like, that is like the... <laughs> but it's never disrespectful. Totally. And it's like, to have that love and understanding, compassion for everyone, even if your brother or your dad or whoever is like full on in the depths of hell in their addictions, I know it's fucking shit on a stick, but you just have to have love and understanding for them. Because again, addictions, it's so complicated healthy boundaries yeah you don't have to even talk to them yeah yeah like you know like here's the thing healthy boundaries you can not give somebody money and still give somebody compassion yep your dad may be a raging alcoholic and you know that you can't go to over to his house and you can't be around him because he's volatile and angry when he's drunk and you don't know when he's going to be drunk or he's going to be drunk all the time that's fine set that hard boundary but in your heart in your gut understand that that addiction isn't yours to own and that you can still have compassion and love for him and not at judge a distance him. And, and not, not judge him and not fucking judge him even if he ruined your childhood and seriously because he has his own shit everybody Everyone has their, has their own, shit. own shit everybody has their own shit everyone has their own shit and so like that's a huge thing man i think that the most important thing to remember when it comes to addiction whether that be drugs or alcohol alcohol is a drug in my mind but i like to separate them because alcohol is like so much worse so acceptable so prevalent you know it's just everyone i know pretty much who drinks drinks to excess right now especially yeah 
what I think is very important in this climate is to A, remember that just because you're not directly affected by it doesn't mean that there aren't people that are directly affected by it within your circle. And B, to move forward with compassion and non-judgment surrounding it. And if we, can, if we can advocate safe spaces for people to say, I'm really fucked up right now. I've fucking drank every night for two months and yeah. I'm a little bit afraid. Yeah. You know? Totally. And not to be like, we've all, we're all drinking. It's fine. Like, don't just brush what people are, because people are saying some heavy shit right now. And or, it's easy to yeah. brush it away and be like, everybody's fucked right now. Everybody's mental health is suffering. Or go the next level of being like, oh, well, you know, also holding space. Well, that too, right? Because again, it's like sometimes when people are saying, hey, I'm really fucked up right now. It's again, holding space and not just coming down, Yeah, you know, coming down. Cause again, man, I used to do, I used to be like a comer downer. I'd be like, I mean like again, shameful, like shame. Like don't point out what people have to live for. People you know? are allowed to be down and out totally. without being like, why are you so upset? You have a great job. Look at your husband, you know, like the, don't point out the thing. Cause you don't know what's going on in that brain, you know, or shaming them and saying like, you need to get it fucking together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, yeah. Uh, you don't need to host a Ted talk when somebody is right? letting you like breaking their heart open and revealing this like very vulnerable part of themselves. Exactly. And like, man, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Like what the fuck can we do right now? It's the same as mental health. You can say you're a mental health advocate, but if you're not doing anything to help, then are you really a mental health advocate, right? So you can say that you are, you know, a, a drug addiction advocate, not, not advocating for drug addiction, <laughs> but you know, yeah. getting help for drug addictions, but if you're not doing anything, but I mean, I think that saying I'm a safe space, if you're going through something, you can tell me, or you can share with me without judgment. Being a safe space for someone is, massive oh dude i know but i'm talking about like huge like fucking fast systemic like, how change the fuck are we gonna do this because again it is like crazy i mean you're talking about changing the core of society right you're ch- you're talking about changing how we have all been taught about drugs how drugs are bad and how you know losers do drugs that was pounded into our heads while we were growing up oh i know i don't believe it for a second because you know that was just the don't do drugs drugs do you you know this is your brain on drugs fried egg in the pan yeah it didn't fucking work okay people want to escape they want to get out of their fucking heads because it's heavy yeah so you know to remove yourself and to sleep and Tina, to pause. I just want to halt it. I don't want to stop it. I just want to pause it or get it back to even like a year ago. Like we, how, or like, yeah, pause it. Just kind of like even have some pressure on it to like before it, it's just, it's exploding right now. It's like I know. the tip of the You're motherfucking iceberg. You're talking about applying pressure to the wound so that it doesn't get worse. That is exactly the visual I'm going for. I know. And like what, again, where I'm thinking, what can we do? I really honestly feel like it just has to be a collective situation where everyone wakes the fuck up and just hold space. And like, again, we just start talking about it more openly and there's less shame around it. So people don't feel so bad mm-hmm. when they're like, wow, I fucking am drinking in the morning mm-hmm. before or, I go to work, before I go to work. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, I'm drinking on my drive home from work. Oh yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Been there. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do believe at the root of all addiction is mental health. And I, I worry because in this day and age, while we are all, ooh, self-care, I had a bubble bath, look at me do my face mask, it's still no one's self-caring right now. And nobody has the spoons. I don't know if you've heard that terminology, the no. spoons. So each day you're given a certain amount of spoons to do your tasks. And nobody has enough spoons to do all the tasks that they need to do right now. Yeah. So I think the problem is, is that people are afraid of burdening other people even more than they already are by saying, hey, dude, I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. Because realistically, we're all fucked up Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Everybody's fucked up right now. And if you're not fucked up, eh, what's going on there? Like, well, man, do you what go, are you on? I'd like to know. Well, man, I'm telling you, here's the thing, man. It's like, I feel like I'm fucking really hammering out this shit, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I do feel like I'm not fucked up. I feel like everyone else thinks I'm fucked up or <laughs> could think I'm fucked up. But in all reality, I'm fucking just like, we're doing some crazy shit around here. I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel fucked up. But you up. still have your moments, you Oh, know? of course. Oh, yeah. Everybody does, right? Oh, totally. Because you just said, you know, you, you want to drink more now than ever before. I've had which... two and a half years I've been sober, and I, in the last two and a half years, yeah, the last four right. months, I totally. have craved it more So, than I mean, ever. there is a certain amount of fucked up in this going on True. that makes you want to drink True. at this point, right? Totally. So, I'm not saying you're fucked up. I'm saying that we're all dealing with stuff, and we're using all the tools that we've been given in our kit. How about this? Instead of saying we're all fucked up, how about we say it's really fucked up out there? <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> fucked up out that. there. Let's say that. Then I'm like, that, yes. We are all navigating an extremely fucked up situation. Hells, yes, exactly. <laughs> and some of us don't have the tools or the coping mechanisms oh. necessary to get through without some sort of substance encouragement. We're all here on our own experience. So I know for some times where I'm like, fuck, man, like, when you're sometimes in the depths of hell in like a hardcore addiction, that's part of your experience and you just have to fight to get out of it. It's hard because it's... It's so fucking hard. Because it doesn't matter. Sometimes people fight really fucking hard and they can't get out of it. Oh, I know, man. I know. And that's the problem is like mental health and addiction, it's not just mind over matter. It's not. You know, like there are key components of it that are, you know, like some people legit need, you know, prescription meds oh, in order to yeah. ma- in, in order to maintain or, yeah. or be mentally sound, it, be comfortable, mentally happy. I yeah. mean, I don't even know what Whatever. the proper We're... fucking word is. I know. But, I know. you know, and then, you know, some people are using alcohol, you know, or, or trying to numb themselves from all, well, everything that they're feeling because it's so overwhelming, right? And uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable. And I mean, I, I feel like, you, you know, if we could shift, like stop using opioids and start using just more marijuana, you know, yeah. like, or can we shift from these really fucking hard drugs that are, or even alcohol, which is destroying so much, like yeah. livers left, right and center and, you know, whatever. Like, can we shift from the drugs that are really bad to like other drugs that might it could be able to help get us through, you know, totally, like, like microdosing. Yeah. Like microdosing, like marijuana. Yeah. But the problem is, is, you know, once you are on harder drugs, once you're on opiates or, yeah. you know, whatever, once you're doing crack or cocaine or methamphetamines or whatever you want to do, like once you cross that bridge, it's hard to come back from that bridge because those drugs 
change mm-hmm. change you. Oh, I know. Oh. And nobody's born into this world like, hey, you know what I want? Crack. crack. <laughs> totally. I want to be a crack addict. I know. I think that would really oh. complete me. Nobody. <laughs> I know. Oh, Nobody. It's circumstances. God. It's it's shitty situations growing up. It's running away from home at a very young age or being sexually abused and having no choice but to run away. I know. You know, it's being beaten and abused. It's being, you know, kicked out of your house because you colored your hair pink or kicked out of your house because you're gay or whatever, right? Like yeah. there's all these surrounding issues that are just, it's all encompassing and people need to stop trying to cut up the pie. And, and, and delegating what's worthy of our advocacy and what's not. Because it's all the same fucking pie. Yes. It's mental health, it's homelessness, it's drug addiction. This is our pie. Yeah. You can't take one section and say, you know what? This is the only part of the pie that matters. The whole fucking pie matters. It's the whole collective, man. Absolutely. The whole fucking thing matters. I so know. stop pretending that, you know, people who do crack are you know, worse than people who do uh, drink alcohol every night. We're all just fucking people. Oh, dude. And like right now, again, think about this. Man, I remember at the beginning of this when I was moving out the shop and like, fuck, dude, it was literally just me and like all the homeless people in Parksville out, everyone else. Like it was so sad. And I remember being so worked up and thinking like they're all going to die. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. Do you know what I mean? And think about even right now, you want to talk about like keeping clean, all the things, sanitizing, yeah. um, all these things. Think about all these poor homeless people, like as if they're not tripping fucking balls. Yeah. You know, there's just so much um, wildness, but hey, what I want to ask. These people going through your fucking garbage, you dirty bitches. Like, they feel, don't you feel bad for them? Like, they're stapling through dumpsters full of garbage to get food. And what are And we... you're worried about touching a handle as you go into Whole Foods? Dude. Beg my fucking pardon. Dude. Step off, man. Dude. And your life isn't worth any more than somebody who's living on the street. I know, man. I know. It's wild. Hey, I have a question for you. And yet it is. So with all the addictions, all the mental illness and how, you know, we've all had our fucking hardcore low times Mm -hmm. in general in life. How do you feel about medically assisted death in Canada if they were to make it if you were mentally ill? They're talking about it. I, I believe medically assisted suicide is important. Me too. It, it is, and I believe that people have the right to decide when they don't want to be here anymore. When it comes to mental health issues and ending your life because of mental health issues, I feel like it's, it's your one. right to not be here anymore and to because the people really suffer. Oh, dude, I know. And I'm not going to judge somebody of if they course. don't want to be here anymore. Like, there's this whole, like, it's selfish if you take your life, but the thing is, is it's it's not our story to own. Yeah. People remove themselves from this situation for a myriad of reasons. But there are so many hoops that you have to go through in order to qualify for medically assisted suicide that I believe they will put the proper tax and ba- like the checks and balances in place in order to help the people that are helpable. There are some people that no matter with any amount of intervention and help they they can't get through right and i mean who are we to decide here's my thing where's the line right a slippery slope like again so i was reading an article 
that they're talking about it and fuck man I again I just think to myself back in the day and like struggling at times and I think again you have what to if be one deemed of my a medically kids... sound mind in order to uh, qualify so then how would they ever do it with mental illness I don't think uh, that's the thing is I think that it would be people who I, I mean I don't even think that it would be able to be put into effect I know because again Cause you have to be able to advocate for yourself everyone's got a story so I'm making up a story but this could easily be a story what if you know Rocky Bear is 19 years old and Jeff dies and he goes off the rails and something else really fucked up happens to him and he goes down into addictions and all this stuff and at 20 years old he's so fucking down and out and done and he's like okay well I don't want to be here anymore do you know mm -hmm. what I mean and if and if he's an adult and I can't step in I don't know man I, I but the, the thing is is he already has the choice to commit suicide complete suicide is actually what the proper term is and whether that's medically assisted suicide or him doing a drug overdose and taking himself out hanging himself or shooting mm -hmm. himself people do it all the time yeah. if they don't want to be here yeah. they're not gonna be here yeah right yeah so when you factor in medically assisted suicide I mean how is it any different I know I don't like I it. mean I, I mean I get it for people who are in pain people who can't move people who are tired oh, no. of living the lives that they're living but the thing is is when it comes to certain mental health issues it feels that way they yeah. can't move. They can't get out of bed. They can't go to the store. They yeah. live in fear, you know. And so where's the line? Because then what? Here's the thing. It's like, so say if he was in that situation, then all of a sudden, if he wanted to do that, but just, I'm just pretending. If he wanted to do it, but say if they were like, nope, you can't do it. And then six months later, he gets his life together and everything's amazing. That's then, just it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then it'd be like, wow, we could have just cut but him But I think off. that's just it is what it comes down to for medically assisted suicide. I think it is that that your, your, your expiry date is sooner than not. And your quality of life is going to be so low until that happens that you are choosing to die with dignity. Right. Oh, for sure. And Instead I, of just again, suffering. I'm a supporter, definitely. Yeah. But again, it's for just mental so, health mental issues health is, is so, a little bit tricky because it's so tricky, man. Who's saying that the you know the right cocktail of medications can't make them lead exactly. a, a happy, healthy life? Or say if they were drug addicted, you know, if yeah. they weren't on the drugs, if they got got the counseling, if they yeah. met somebody that was amazing, like yeah, and those There's are all so circumstantial. And I think that that's why it would be less likely that it would be approved. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, again. Um, Especially for someone so young, like 19 is really young. I know, right? So but again, say, if so, what, what if somebody's 72 years old, struggled with depression their whole life? Oh, dude, I know. Never been happy, just struggled 72 years. I know, and then you Should think, they have to stay here? I, I mean, they've already lived 72 years, and they don't want to live anymore. I know. It's hard, and you know why it's hard for me to wrap my head around it? And even when I was reading the article... It was a couple of weeks ago. The reason why I'm like, uh, is because I'm worried because of everyone's mental stability right mm -hmm. now. And so how like, many people would be so, opting for that so right for now? So for me, why I'm yeah, why I'm so freaked out about it is I'm thinking, fuck, man, everyone's mental stability is right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't want. I, I just I just don't think it's ever gonna be that easy. Yeah, hopefully not. Anyways, we'll see what happens. And people who really don't want to be here, they're not gonna let a doctor saying nope. Yeah. Stop them. I know. There's a lot more people who don't want to be here that they let than they let on, you know.
there's a lot of people that struggle with suicidal ideation and oh, suicidal course. thoughts. And, and that's and then again, now that we're in the middle of the shitstorm, it's like, fuck, man, that just freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Especially with the younger population right now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That 17. A lot of unhappy people. You yeah. know, a lot of 16, 17, 18. I know how it was for me back then during these times. I think it would be very fucking hard. Well, it's definitely very heightened, especially with like the influx of social media as well. I mean, it's already been cataclysmic for teenagers. Yeah. And now all of a sudden. And teens doing way harder drugs than when I was totally a, a teenager. and doing looking like they're adults and i don't you know teens are in such an a hurry to grow up and it's like dude no don't just just don't do it don't grow up it's not worth it i i feel for them man stay young forever think about it like man could you imagine for me even right now where i'm like again i get it i would want to escape so bad to be like well i'm 17 and i'm going to be done school and i wanted to travel and now i can't go anywhere do you know what i mean it'd be like it's just such a really fucked up time. I know my mm-hmm. younger siblings, they graduated last year in 2020, and it was just a joke. You know, it was like April, they found out that, okay, you're not going back to school, and you don't have to write departmentals, and you got your grade 12. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Zero to 100, but if I had to pick right now, <laughs> um, I'd say like literally 15 to 24, probably tripping balls, and just really sad. I mean, I don't know, man. I, just, I feel like there's a high rate of depression and, and real heaviness in in our parents' generation because they weren't ever taught how to cope, right? Yeah. Like, we're... The, on this, it. Yeah, we're like this we're new generation, it. and we're teaching our kids that they need to get help, and everybody will say, oh, you know, everybody's so sensitive, and all these, you know, new terms and all these new rules, and it's like, yeah, but that's protecting the kids. Like, our kids are growing up in, hopefully, will grow up in a society that's way more open-minded, you know, that'll understand things, you know, gender norms and, you know, stereotypes, or say, like, people who have learning disabilities and stuff. It's way more prevalent to understand and know. So we're raising children and teenagers through a time that's like, actually, this is a thing, and you can learn about this thing. Whereas, like, when we were in school... None of this stuff existed. So people just struggled in silence thinking that they were different. When in reality, we're all different. Everybody has something going on or something that's different and unique about them. But when it comes to addictions and depression, it's like, yeah, we have to treat each other great. But I think right now we've become so disconnected from ourselves because of social media that that's all minuscule when it comes to the fucking huge issue of fucking people falling into self-destruction because they feel like they're not worthy. Yeah, and I mean, I think that teenagers have a hard row right now with the social media and with the way, you know, you know, there, there's the pressures of just existing and now there's this pressure of, like, people aren't just trying to impress their classmates. They're trying to impress, like, millions of strangers on the internet. Yeah. The thing is, is when I was a teenager, you know, I had friends that were doing coke, I had friends that were cutting Ooh. themselves. Yeah. I have friends that tried to commit suicide. I have a friend who brought a gun to school. I have I had fucked up friends then. So, you know, it's not new for teenagers to be fucked up or to be struggling or yeah. to be, you know, suicidal or, you know, doing drugs or it's not new. I feel like almost how people are handling it is shifting. 
I, I, that's yeah. my hope. Yeah, totally. Is that it is shifting. Yeah. Is that more people are talking about it. Yeah. And more people are willing to say, you know, hey. Yeah. Totally. Fucked up. <laughs> I'm fucked up. <laughs> hey, this world's fucked up and I'm having a hard time coping in it. Yeah. No, it's so true. People are talking about it. Yeah. Because they're talking to you about it. You have friends yeah. that are talking to you. There will always be people who don't make it, don't make it through, right? And the thing is, is I see the hope in people who are trying different things, trying to better yeah. themselves, you know, that are getting help, that reading are talking books. about it, that are reading yeah, the books, totally. that are, you know, s- struggling for sure. Every, everybody's struggling. But fucking fighting to survive, But man. fighting to be here. Yeah. And I mean, the, the crazy part is, is that, you know, what really saddens me is the amount of people that don't make it through that actually really wanted to make it through. Oh, fuck, dude. I know. Yeah. And I don't know if these people not making it through and, and going on to their next chapter, whatever that may be, is driving home the point of how important the all of this is. I mean, a wake-up call that this is our backyard yeah. you know our backyard everybody in our backyard is struggling this it, picnic is fucked yeah this picnic is so fucked <laughs> and many people out there od'd and died and like they weren't they weren't they hardly even used drugs do you mm-hmm. know what i mean like fentanyl is just fucking crazy man like all the shit that i've done in my life where sometimes i'm like man i should be dead mm-hmm. i should be dead so it bothers me that some kid who is trying something for the first or second time or doing whatever dies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, again, and I know unfair things happen. We'll never stop addiction and we'll never stop people dying from addiction. We yeah. never will. We'll no. never stop suicide from, you know, mental health disorders. We won't. We can't stop it. It'll no. happen regardless to certain people. But what needs to change is this idea that it's not affecting us and that it won't affect us and that we'll be safe from it because we're not, we're not safe from it. I didn't have an anxiety disorder until I had my son. I had struggled with insomnia, which maybe that was correlated to it, but thinking about it, like I never had an anxiety disorder until the last, and it's heightened over the last couple of years. And it was, crazy for me to sit there and be like holy shit I have an anxiety disorder I never thought I would have had a disorder that would you know literally prevent me from wanting to talk to people or leave my house or you know have these discussions with people I used to be the person who could talk about anything or you know like confrontations were hey no problem you know but now it's like yeah no I just be alone stay away from people and you know that's you know, it's this shift where you have to stop thinking that it's never going to affect you. Just because it's not affecting you right now doesn't mean it's not going to affect you in a month. Yeah. And so we need to be open to people's stories and to understanding people. Prime example, Crystal, Jeff, do you guys want to come over? And it's like, well, who's going to be there? We're we talking like a big situation mm-hmm. or not. And it's so funny how for me, again, it was years I thought I was this huge extrovert. And then all of a sudden I was like, going to sell Epicure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm gonna sell up here, man. I'm doing this. I'm gonna be awesome at it. And one of my clients was like, I'll have a party. 
And so I was like, cool. So I went to her house and all of a sudden I'm in this room with all these people and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I like one-on-one. What the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And it was awful. And so here's the thing, normalizing where I'm like, wow, maybe I actually have social anxiety in different ways and not even thinking about it until recent. And so it's like letting people know, like homies know. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you're going to, you know, go out to the ocean or whatever hike that you're doing with homies and shit. But... That's just like, I can't even yeah. fucking deal with myself. If there's like more than two couples or whatever, it's like, yeah. I, I can't. And just being upfront with that and saying, hey, guess what? I'm a fucking weirdo when I'm around a big group of people and that's who I am and that's okay. Yeah. Don't force yourself into situations that you don't want to be in. Exactly. Totally. It's super awkward. And just be honest. Don't make up excuses. It's... No. And just be like, dude, honestly, just even thinking about going out with you and your friends is giving me severe anxiety. <laughs> it's like... So I'm not going to because I'm probably going to say something that someone's really going to not like. It happens to me all the time. Guaranteed. If I go and do something that I'm like, maybe you shouldn't do that, I'll be the first one saying something totally inappropriate just to break the oh, ice God. and then... Spend the next like hour being like, why the fuck did I say that? Oh man, yeah. We but all... I don't do I don't drink and I don't do drugs. Well, I haven't. And then for the first time, I was at the worst part of my life, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a piece of this edible. And you know, it was a little too much. It was a little bit fucking crazy. <laughs> but you know, if. My whole life, I'm an old woman. I'm in my 30s. I didn't ever do drugs, didn't ever drink. And this year broke me. Yeah. Enough to be like, I'm going to take a bite of this edible and go to bed early because my mouth is dry and I don't know what's happening to me. And I can't move my body properly. I called a friend to apologize that his grandma died and I laughed through the whole conversation. I Edibles, felt terrible. Dude fucking edible I felt terrible but that's what I'm saying is if this year can break me yeah who the fuck else is it breaking oh I know oh I know oh I know Thank and you. I don't and I don't look at that as like oh you really fucked up Tina you know or whatever yeah. I think well I learned my lesson and dudes just half so you- a gummy's plenty and I'll just go to sleep but it helped me sleep, you know, and it and I I slept the best I'd ever slept that night. Yeah, and so I slept good. like eight to eight. It was like twelve solid hours. <laughs> Tina was just <laughs> fucking ripped. <laughs> it was only like ten milligrams too, and Dude. I was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh my goodness. No but, way, man. Ten milligrams for me, that's like perfect. Yeah. I, I don't like to eat more than ten milligrams if I'm eating. Yeah. No, and yeah, and. Yeah, I actually can't wait. I'm going to have Giselle on soon. She works at Locals in town, and I want her to talk to everyone because I know that we have a lot of older gals and guys that are listening to, and she works at one of the dispensaries in town, such a good place, and we want to start talking about, you know, all the benefits. Like, she really, what is so why I'm bringing this up is she loves educating elderly people Mm -hmm. and, like, older people, Mm -hmm. and one of the first things she says is the biggest issue with older people trusting, say, edibles, is that their fucking kids are, like, giving them way too mm-hmm. much. They, it knocks them out, fucks them up, and then they're scared. And so, anyway, she educates, and she's helping so many people. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. But, yeah, anyone who's listening, don't be scared about Tina's. You just don't eat as much as she did. <laughs> I didn't even eat that much. It's the problem is, is that Mark was like, you'll be fine, when I was not going to be fine. And, dude, you, you've, you've never gotten high in your life. Never. And to eat 10 milligrams of an edible, yeah, man, that's going to fuck you. Too early in the evening too yeah. i did i i ate it at four so it was like right around <laughs> dinner time when i was like 
And Mark looked at me and he was like, oh yeah, you're, you're feeling it. And I couldn't stop laughing. And then I was like <laughs> so sad about my friend's grandma dying. And I was like, I got to call him to laugh just at him. Oh it's the God. worst. It was the worst. But, so I'm not, I'm not advocating for the use of drugs. I'm just saying that if you want to, I totally get it. Like if you just want to fucking sleep at night. I know. Take a half an edible and go to sleep. And again, so yeah, again, it keeps going back to us contradicting ourselves, but we can't help it. It's like, I feel like addictions is a real thing. Stay away from opiates. Yeah. Go towards what's from the earth and not man- manufactured. Totally. So go smoke your doobie. Go eat your edible. Yeah. Microdose your mushrooms. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. And see what happens. And by the way, talk to your doctor, I guess <laughs> yeah. you better say. I bet the doctors will be like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, those the- bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We single-handedly collapse the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> but no, okay, when we, like ending those, honestly, we, I do have to say one more time. Imagine it, a whole world, even if you're like super sensitive to drugs, even if you microdose like the smallest, like just a bit of dust, a little bit of mushroom dust. I'm telling you at this point of the game, why wouldn't we try it at this point? Like, fuck, where we're at in the world, like honestly, Wow. I think it would be amazing. And if we all, oh my God, we're doing like meditation at the same time. Why can't we just try it? I mean, I, there's definitely just this, there's this, the stigma of. Oh yeah. Everything. God, you know what it is? It's control. Again, a lot of like that need to control. Yeah. And like, man, I'm like, okay, fine. Don't do drugs. I, I think the problem is, is that a lot of things are categorized as drugs. Yeah. Where we need medicine. to actually divide what is drugs and what is medicine. Yes. And I believe, Plants. I do believe not, I have never done mushrooms and I'm not like a, I yeah. don't do weed, <laughs> do weed, <laughs> <laughs> you know, except for the one time. Um, I believe that if it's of the earth, then it is you know, purposeful. yeah, purposeful. Right. And, and I mean, we were, I mean, there, of course there's a lot of hallucinogenics within yeah. the realm of the world. Of yeah. course. I mean, like there's yeah, freaking things. If you lick, you're going to be on a trip for yeah. months, but you know, I'm just saying that like, these are tried and true tested, handed down from ancient civilizations that have been using mushrooms and cannabis mm-hmm. since the beginning of time, you know, yeah. like it's, it's tried, true and tested for its benefits and too and now you could just do you have cbd for your anxiety and your sleep and stuff there's so many options right now and don't be afraid that you need help or that you need a sleep aid or you need something to calm you down so that you can go to the grocery store everybody's so wired right now and it's totally cool if you need help yeah we all need help whatever that looks like but like stop putting yourself in dangerous situations if you're going to do drugs, don't do them alone. Yeah. Especially if you're doing hard drugs, don't do them alone. Yeah. I don't want people to overdose. I don't want people to die. I want people to get help for their mental health issues so that they don't need drugs. But we're at this point where we have to come to the terms with the fact that people are using drugs to cope. Yeah. And until a time where they don't feel the need to ha- those drugs for coping, we need to fill their toolboxes. We need to help people fill their toolboxes, encourage them to fill their toolboxes. And sometimes that is just not shedding your fucking judgmental vibrations at people. Totally. That could be as simple as that. Totally. And it's so, yeah, basically, if you're listening to this, that's the way you can help change the world is not have judgmental vibrations 
scent at people and just to really fucking realize that that person that you see on the corner who's all strung out mm -hmm. no fucking idea what they've been through you know my my big thing is stop categorizing people as worthy and unworthy yeah because these people who are living on the streets and doing drugs and you know or not doing drugs. Or not doing drugs. And being on the street. Yeah. Or people who are, you know, you know, showing up to work drunk. These are people that are struggling. They have a story. And yeah, you know what? Addiction addiction kills and it breaks families apart and it it hurts. It really hurts. Oh yeah. For sure. But you know, it doesn't discount their story and it doesn't discount the fact that they're a human here. Yeah. Trying to navigate this shit. And right now, everything's next level cray cray. Yeah. And just because you have better tools in your, or better coping mechanisms, or so better support. So you, or, or support, better support system. Or so, and, and too, and so you think. Yeah. Until you're in a fucking crazy situation. Do you know what like I mean? Like I said, I. Right? You don't know what's going to break you, man. Yeah. And, and like, while I, I can sit here and be like, yeah, I, I will not do opioids. What if I break my break my arm and I go to the hospital and they give me a pain medication and then all of a sudden I come out with a pain addiction yeah medication mm. addiction it mm. happens that's how a lot of these opiate addictions start I'm telling you right fucking now when I broke my neck dude when I was leaving Wascana rehab I was saying to this one dude I was like so stoked I was like I'm, I'm never coming back man I'm out of here and he was like you will be back if you don't get off all those pain meds mm -hmm. you're on mm -hmm. and instantly it hit me and I was like holy shit you know yep. Oh, yeah, man. We talk about pain, and we talk about pain at a physical level. Yeah. And pain is so pervasive right now. Everyone is hurting. Yeah. And that pain, that mental pain, that emotional pain, that heartbreak. Yeah. That manifests in physical ways. Oh, fuck, dude. I know. And people take these pain medications to not feel pain. And they're numbing their bodies, they're numbing their brains, they're numbing their hearts. Their spirit. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And it's, it's heartbreaking to be here and exist sometimes. And some people cope better with, than other people. And some people are, oh, the glass is half full. And some people are, oh, the glass is half empty. And some people are just like, where the fuck's the glass, man? Yeah. Yeah. Love, compassion, and understanding for all. Yeah. It's just like, honestly, fucking mantra for the world right now. And it's so hard. And I know we're all being tested mm -hmm. on the fucking daily, but we just have to keep striving and keep holding space. Always here. You can always send us an email. Mm -hmm. You can always fill out anonymously the online form on the website, dteconnection.com. If you want to reach out, our email's on there as well. And you can just, you know, send us an email if you need help or if you have a story that you want to share to help normalize this. We would love to hear it. We will read it. We can, it can be anonymous. It could just be your first name. It doesn't matter. We would love to share it with people and just let people know that they're not alone. And share some stories that are, you know, people that we're connected with. I think that's just a great idea, Tina. We will, we should, yeah, one of our podcasts, once we get some stories, we can share them. Mm -hmm. and people who are struggling now, people who have struggled with addictions, yeah. how they came through it, yeah. how they came through the other side, or, you know, the you know, relationships within your life of people who are struggling with addiction because you might not be, but you know somebody that is. And if you know what, if you don't, 
you're incredibly fucking lucky or somebody's not talking to you <laughs> yeah i think it's probably the second and if someone's not talking to you maybe consider what your rhetoric is True and whether that. you're blocking people from talking to you with your judgments and your shame yeah yeah there's no room for that anymore no. it's like new earth stuff there's no room for judgment and again last thing i'm going to add to this remember your judgments on anyone you guys that shit's all on you man you point one finger at someone else there's Three more paint pointing back at you. It's so true. Or something, whatever the saying is. It's like, man, we all have to own our judge- judgments because that yeah. literally is like a reflection of us or whatever the fuck it is. Anytime you have a bit of judgment, you just know right then and there that you got work to do. And we all have work to do. Till the day we die. Till the day we die. And just be kind. Be kind to other people. Be kind to yourself. To, right now is really hard. Yeah. And we want to see you make it through the other side. Absolutely. We want to help you through the other side if you need help. We're always here. Yeah, always. Always. We may not go to your party, but we will bring you a latte. <laughs> yeah, totally. If it's you're like, alone. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I may not go to your party, but I'll send you voice memos. <laughs> yeah, I may not go to your party, but I will definitely send you a well-wishing Yeah. via text message. Absolutely. At tw- three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when Dina wakes up from her freaking overdosing on a 10 milligram edible, <laughs> I'm up. I know. I feel so bad about your grandma. I was so panicked. I was so panicked. I was like, I think I, ma- I overdosed on the marijuanas. <laughs> why is my mouth so dry? <laughs> why, why do I feel weird? I love you so much. Hope you guys enjoyed this. You guys, uh, we love you so much. Yeah, let us know how you feel about this podcast. But only if it's good. Yeah. Okay, bye, bitches. (laughs) Bye, bitches. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Don't miss an episode of Down to Earth. Subscribe and review to our YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can reach out to us on our website at dteconnection.com. Like, I've been, like, the older I get, the fucking less Less I know. (laughs) Yeah, and the less important we feel. Yeah. I know. Oh, I'm not important. I've never felt important.